Yesterday we began speaking about the uniqueness of the Chirut we speak about at the Seder, as opposed to Chofesh, Chofshiyut. It's not about being free from slavery, but about being committed to what's valuable. If we look at the Mishnah and Avot in the sixth parak, there's a very famous statement which talks about this being true Chirut. Ein lecha ben chorin elamisha osek b'Torah. Not only that being involved in Torah brings us true freedom, but it's the only way to arrive at true freedom. The Me'iri and the Ibn Ezra both explain that people who have nothing of value that they're committed to end up spending their lives, their lives subject, controlled by the basest desires. In fact, the Kuzari in the fifth Mama, when the king sees that he intends to go to Israel, the Melech Kuzari asks him, why are you looking to commit yourself further with more mitzvot. And the Kuzari succinctly states, Hashibud Lashem hu ha-cherut, ha-knialo hu ha-kavod, hi ha-kavod ha-amiti. Commitment to God is real honor. Rabbi Sachs contrasts this understanding of cherut with the way FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, presented it in his State of the Union address in 1941, where he spoke about seeking four essential human freedoms freedom of speech and expression, freedom to worship, freedom from want, and freedom from, from fear. Roosevelt saw freedom as not being controlled by anything else or anyone else. Rabbi Sachs, in his speech upon being awarded the Templeton Prize, spoke about this and said, Locke, this is what he meant when he contrasted liberty, the freedom to do what we ought, with license, the freedom to do what we want. It's what Adam Smith signaled when, before he wrote The Wealth of Nations, he wrote The Theory of Moral Sentiments. It's what George Washington meant when he said, human rights can only be assured amongst the virtuous people. And Benjamin Franklin when he said, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. Because the freedom we're talking about is where a person realizes their true essence and pursues the true meaning of their lives. Rabbi Sachs spoke about how achieving this requires effort and said that this was the problem with the Russia, who of course is criticized so harshly on Lel HaSeder. The Russia says, describing the service of God in a negative way. The Yerushalmi says, What's this bother you present to us? Rabbi Sachs, in a piece called What Does Avoda Mean to You, comments that throughout a century of reflection on how to sustain Jewish identity in an open secular world, the case has often been made that we need to make Judaism easier. easier. We, why make the barriers so high, the demands so steep, the laws so rigorous and demanding? So one by one the demands were lowered. Shabbat, Katras, and conversion were all made easier. As for the laws of Tarat and Mishpacha, in many circles outside Orthodoxy, they fell into abeyance altogether. The assumption was that the less demanding Judaism is to keep, the more Jews will stay Jewish. To show that this is a fallacy, I want to ask a mixed group of observant and non-observant Jews to list the festivals in order of difficulty. Everyone agreed that Pesach was the hardest, Shavuot the easiest, and Sukkot somewhere in between. I then asked which festivals are kept by the greatest number of Jews. Again, everyone agreed. Pesach was kept by the most, Shavuot by the least, with Sukkot in between. There was a pause as the group slowly realized what it had just said. It was counterintuitive, but undeniable. The harder a festival is, the more people will keep it. The proof, of course, is Yom Kippur, by far the most demanding day of all, and by far the best attended in Shul. Let's remember this as we work hard to prepare for Pesach, to realize that meaningful things in our life 
take hard work and effort, but ultimately they bring us true freedom. Chag Sameach.